with Life Worth Living. You know, Jesus told one of his disciples, Simon Peter, he said, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Peter had no idea of the adventure he was about to be a part of, and he wasn't even prepared for the amount of fruitfulness that he was about to experience, all because he was willing to go deeper. And God is calling you right now to go deeper with him, to leave the shallow shores of the place where you're in control, the place where you're comfortable, to go deeper with God and experience God like you've never experienced him before. I can't wait for you to listen in and be blessed by this message today of a deeper devotion with Jesus. Well, let's just jump right into what we're going to be talking about today. It's a month, June is a month of deeper devotion, deeper devotion to God. And I want you to think right now, who or what are you devoted to? And could you be a little bit more devoted to God than you are right now? And I think the answer for every single one of us is yes, I could be more devoted to God than what I am right now. You can always be more devoted to God. And we looked uh, two weeks ago, I'm starting to lose track of time, but I think it was two weeks ago, we looked at how our problems get us closer to God. And then last week we, we talked about how letting God's influence in our lives pull us closer to God. You want God to influence you, but today we're going to talk turkey, all right? (laughs) We're going to get down, and it's going to be tough talk today. I'll be honest with you. And it's tough talk because God loves us so much. He loves you so much that sometimes he has to kind of get in your face a little bit, right? And he's got to confront you, and he's got to... He's got to push you a little bit. So today we're going to talk about how you and I, we need to leave shallow living to go deeper with God. And this verse, this verse in Luke 5, 4 just has hit me so hard. It's hit me for years, but it's it's meaning is resurrected uh, in me quite a bit this week as I've studied this. But Jesus tells Simon Peter, his, his disciple, he says, Simon, I want you to put out to deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And I want to tell you something today. You can't catch much from God until you start deciding to go deep with God. If you stay shallow, you're never going to get much from God. You're never going to learn much from God. You're never going to catch much from God. You know what? God is going to remain a mystery to you. The divine, the heavenly is going to remain a mystery to you until you decide I'm going to go deeper with God. I was about 19 years old. I'd been raised in the church. My parents were missionaries. We're in Spain. I was in church. At one point we were having church every night of the week. So you think going to church one time a week is hard? We went to church every night of the week at one point as my, as my parents were starting and planting churches. And you know what? I got hardened towards the things of God because I was hearing it all the time and I wasn't letting my heart be deep towards God. 
But I remember when I was 19 or 20 years old, I decided, you know what, God? I'm going to go deep with you. And in two weeks, my life changed when I made that decision. You can go deeper with God than you are right now. You can do it. And I'm telling you, you should go deeper with God and make a decision. It's not a prayer you pray. It's a decision you make to go deeper with God. And God is going to be a mystery to you until you say, God, I'm going all in. I'm going all in with you. Leave the shallow shore that you're standing on where you're in control and go into the profound depths of God where he is in control and you're no longer in control. That scares every human being on the face of the planet <laughs> to say, I am going to go deep with God and let him begin to control the outcomes of my life. Sometimes, you know what? Our circumstances, a problem, a difficulty, all of a sudden forces us out into the depths of God where we begin to realize how in control and how sovereign God is anyways. So let your problems, and we said this already, let your problems push you out into the depths and, and off the shallow living that we live our lives, unfortunately. Look at this. I'm going to give you an example. 1 Kings 19, verses 19 through 21. It's the quick initial story of Elisha. And so you're, there's two protagonists in this story, okay? There's Elijah and then there's Elisha. It's kind of confusing, but Elijah was the elder prophet at that time. And he went and found his protege, his, his mentee, the guy that he was going to mentor, and his name was Elisha. And he walks up to Elisha, and Elisha is plowing the ground. He's actually well-to-do. He has 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself is driving the 12th pair, so he's obviously had an affluent lifestyle. His family must have been well-to-do. And here's Elisha doing his 8 to 5 job, all right? And Elijah, the prophet, comes and throws his cloak over Elisha, calling Elisha to a deeper life with God. One of these days, and it might be today, God is going to come and he's going to throw his cloak over you, his calling to you, and he's going to say, would you go deeper with me now? It's time. Right now is an opportunity. Jesus walks through our lives at different points in time, and he gives us the opportunity for a deeper life with him. And today, I'm telling you, today is one of those times. The Holy Spirit is here. He's heavy on our, in our midst right now, and he's calling you to a deeper life with him right now. Would you, would you go with Jesus? Would you for once say, yes, Lord, I will go. Let's go all the way, God. I'm leaving the shore and I'm going with you. Well, that's happened to Elisha. Elisha left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Would you run after God today? Would you go after the depths of God today and stop holding on to what you're holding on to? Just let that you're, you're white knuckled and you're holding on to something that's not worth it, holding on to. Let go and let God. Let go and let God. 
Elisha runs after Elijah and uh, he says, bids goodbye to his family. And in verse 21, Elisha left him, went back, and he took, listen, listen to this, he took his yoke of oxen and he slaughtered all 12. He slaughtered his livelihood. He slaughtered what, was, what he felt like he could use to control his life with, but was actually controlling him. And he took the plowing equipment, very expensive plowing equipment. He took it and used it to cook a meal for the people. And he ate it. You know what he did? He burned his bridge with his shallow living. Are you gutsy enough and brave enough to do that? Say, I'm burning. I'm burning the bridge to my past. I'm tired of letting my past dictate my future. I've got to burn my past in order to go to a different place with God Almighty. He burned it. And then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. And the word servant means he lost control over his destiny. And in, in doing so, he gained his destiny. Because we find later on in scripture that Elisha did twice as many miracles as the man who mentored him. You give up your life, as Jesus says, the person who gives up his life for the kingdom will gain his life eternal life. I hope you'll do it. I hope you'll make that step today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. Jesus is walking by. Would you say, I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to go deeper with you. Look at this. He parted with his past. He didn't look back anymore. You and I we need to stop looking back and start looking forward. Looking forward, he didn't look back anymore. He left where he was to go to a deeper place. He gave up control for God's control. Look at this in Hebrews eleven fifteen, just to kind of drive this home a little bit. It says, if they had been thinking about the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. You know what? We got to stop thinking about the nostalgic past. Oh, my babies, they were, they were so little and I loved to hold them. But guess what? I'm glad they're in their 20s now. <laughs> I'm glad Cole's in high school now. I'm glad, I'm glad they're growing. Stop looking back and start looking forward because God has a wonderful future for you. A future of depth in him, of knowing him, of experiencing God. You know what? Knowing God isn't about a, a, you know, a, a intellectual knowledge of God. God wants you to experience him. It's an experiential knowledge of him. But you know what? You can't know the depths of God if you are a spiritually shallow person. And that's what we're going to talk about today very briefly is stop being a spiritually shallow person and start being a spiritually deep person. Leave where you're at. and You've got to to be able to go to where you need to be. So let's talk about this. Matthew 13, Jesus is given a parable about the sower. If you've been in church any length of time or read your Bible, you've heard this, you've read this, but listen to it as if you've never heard it before. The sower comes, 
farmer with seed and he's sprinkling seed out. And the Bible talks about four different places where the seed lands, but I'm only going to talk about one of those places today. That seed lands on rocky places where there's not much soil. The, the seed springs up as a plant quickly, but the soil is shallow. And your life is soil. It's, it's a place where God can plant his word, plant his, his goodness, plant his presence. But if you're shallow, his, his seed isn't going to fall very deep. And whenever it springs up, it's not going to last very long. The soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plant was scorched and it withered because it had no root. If you're going to have spiritual roots that go down deep in your life, you're going to have to be a deep, a spiritually deep person. What does that mean? That means God, you're going to have to allow God to dig around in your life a little bit. And not a little bit, a lot. He, he wants to dig around in every nook and cranny of your life so that he can deepen you. You've got to let God pull out his holy plow, his holy shovel, and start digging around in your life so that you can begin to experience the depths of God. So there was no root. It, it withers. God wants you to have a strong root system. We're always into the fruit, into the results of our life, into the success of our life. But you know what? To be successful, you've got to have a strong root system and the root system is far more important than the things that others can see. The things that God sees are more important than the things that people see. And so uh, Jesus explains this parable later on in verse 20 to his disciples. He said, the seed that was falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word. You're hearing the word today. They hear the word, and it, once they receive it with joy, I pray that you're receiving what I'm telling you with joy today, but there's still more to this. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble and persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. I'm telling you guys, let's deepen ourselves with God. Leave your shallowness and go for spiritual maturity, experiential knowledge of God. Let me ask you this question. When was the last time that you experienced God for yourself? When he gave you a little bit of peace or a lot of peace? Or when was the last time when you read the Bible and the words popped off the page and grabbed your attention and changed your attitude? When was the last time that happened? If you say, Steve, I can't remember the last time that happened, right? Steve, it's been years since that happened. You need to go deeper with God. Because that needs to happen to you every week. You need a change from God every day. Let God deepen you. Experience God for yourself. But let me tell you what he wants to do. God wants to pull the rocks out of your, your, all of us, you and me, all of us are that rocky ground. Whether we've been Christians for two months or 10 years, we have rocks in our souls 
spiritual rocks that need to be dug out so that we can go deeper with God. All right? Let me ask you this question. I'll throw them up on the screen just to make it real clear. What is it that keeps you from praying and talking to God? What is it? Think about it. What, what is it? Why do you and why do I, why do we have such a hard time focusing our minds when we pray and talk to God? There's rocks in our lives. That's what's keeping, that's the answer. There's a, a distracting rock in our life that God wants to dig up and dig out of our life so that we start having that depth. And all of a sudden, instead of having a hard time talking to God, it's what we look forward to most in our lives because it's so rich. It's so interactive. It's not just me talking to God. I start hearing from God and it engages me with God and I've gone deeper with him because he's dug a rock out of my life. God wants to dig something out of your life today. Do you believe it? He wants to dig something out of your life today. Let me ask you another question. What keeps you from thinking about God? What is it? What's the obstacle? What is it that keeps you from thinking about God? What do you think about instead of thinking about God? That's the rock. You have it right there. You've dug the soil a little bit and you have found your rock that God wants to help you remove. Here's the third question is what keeps you from walking with God like Enoch walked with God? Do you remember Enoch? Let me just tell you about Enoch in, in case you don't know who he was. He was a man in the Old Testament, not too distant from the time when Adam was created, that walked with God. And he walked with God every day, apparently, and he enjoyed walking with God so much that one day God took him and he never experienced death, but was taken straight up into heaven without ever experiencing death. What keeps you from walking with God that way? Literally taking walks with God and talking to God and listening to God. Whatever it is, is a rock in your life that God wants to help you get rid of, even pulverize. So what I'd like to do is be transparent with you and just share with you some of the rocks that God has taken out of my life. And that way, maybe it'll help you identify the rocks that God wants to take out of your life starting today, starting this week. Here's one of the, here's one. It was a busy schedule. I, I, I tend to overcommit and get busy and busier and busier. And I remember one day, actually I remember God warning you. Did you know that God puts yield signs up for you before you hit a stop sign? He, he warned you and warned you and warned you and then finally you hit a stop sign and that's when it hurts. Well, he was putting stop signs, and the way God was telling me, he said, I want you to stop speeding. But God, I got to get, I got to go here. I got to get this done. And I was speeding, zipping around everywhere, and, and I kept feeling inside of me, Steve, you need to slow down. Well, I was flying down Alabama Street, come around a corner, and it rained, and the whole side of the road had a big old puddle on it. And I had a little Honda Civic, pretty light car, and I was flying, man. I hit that, I hit that, uh, that puddle, 
and hydroplaned, and my car just started spinning, man. There was nothing I could do. I was just like, okay, I just may as, may as well enjoy the ride because I can't control what's happening here. Fortunately, I didn't get hurt. The car wasn't total. I did a little bit of damage, but God showed me, I want to pull busyness, the rock of busyness, out of your life. It was a big lesson. Fortunately, it wasn't a terribly costly lesson, but I learned God wanted to pull that out of my life. And I started being refreshed in my times of prayer and Bible reading because I slowed down. Here's another rock that God pulled out of me. When I got out of, out of college, I was ambitious. I got a job with a, with a company that all my peers were getting promoted every year. And I got super ambitious, man. I wanted that promotion. I was, man. I got promoted year one, then year two, then year three, year four, year five, year, year six, year seven. Every year, a raise and a promotion. I was hungry to grow professionally. Hungry, man. I wanted it. I was excited. It was fun. I enjoyed it. But in year six of those seven years, I had a miracle happen. My son was born, all right? That little rotten thing right over there. He was born. But guess what? I was at work all the time. I remember one day whistling through the office and one of the, my coworkers said, why are you so happy? I had to work late. I said, dude, I just worked a 23-hour shift, so don't be complaining about working hard. That's the kind, I was working weekends, I was working, I was flying all over the place. And when I came home and we had a little family reunion, that little brat wanted his uncle more than he wanted me. And all of a sudden I was like, whoa, hold on a second. I want a family. This ambition stuff is not quite as important as what I thought it was. And God pulled that rock out of my life and changed me forever. He changed me forever. Look at this scripture. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others above yourself. Are you getting it? Are you thinking about some rocks that maybe that you have? Here's another one. There's some folks that I was extremely envious of several years ago. Envious, man. I was jealous of them. I wanted what they had, and it made me bitter. I, didn't, I couldn't have put it into words, but I was bitter and envious of them. <laughs> and I ran across this scripture in my daily devotions in James 3.14. I'll never forget it. It says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambitions in your heart, don't boast about it and don't deny the truth. And I'll never forget reading this and thinking, well, I guess that's for somebody else because that doesn't apply to me. <laughs> and just within a week or two, I was in a church service and I was, it was a powerful worship time and I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to bow. And so I'm okay with raising my hands, but bowing in a church service, that would look kind of weird. And so I said, God, I bow my heart to you. <laughs> and I felt the Lord tell me, no, I want you to bow. Well, God, I bow my life before you. Holy Spirit said, no, I want you to bow. 
So I was like, okay, here goes. And I bowed. I bowed before the Lord just like that. And as soon as I bowed, that rock in me broke. It broke in my envy and bitterness left. God wants to pull rocks out of each and every one of your hearts so that you can experience the depth of God, the goodness of God in your life. Well, I have two more rocks I want to share with you. <laughs> Yours may be different, and that's fine, but I hope this gives you insight. Man, growing up, I was desperate to be accepted and have friends and call it be cool, be popular, whatever. I would do almost anything to be part of the in crowd. Anything, man. And then into adulthood, I saw that, that problem, that rock in me as well. Well, through a set of circumstances, I got fed up with being part of the in crowd. <laughs> it burns you so many times that you're like, why am I putting myself through this? I don't, I don't even want to be part of that crowd. And God took that rock out of my life forever. I've been in situations where the big wig comes in and I'm like, I don't even want to be close to that guy. <laughs> I'll sit back over here in the shadows and let all the people chase that guy because I don't want to be part of that. But in John 12, 43, this, this verse helped me get that rock out of my life. But it says, for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. Now, I legitimately want God's praise more than human praise. And it's so freeing to have that rock gone out of my life. I'll just share with you one other one. I've, I think we all struggle with this at some point, maybe even now. But I used to be petty and selfish. And I'm sure, you can ask my wife, I'm still petty and selfish at times. But I, was, I had a lot of pettiness, a lot of, uh, you know, feeling sorry for myself. Oh, it never goes well for me. And look at so-and-so. They, they've got it better than me. And, and being somewhat of a drama queen, you know, and enjoying conflict, stirring the pot and getting people upset with one another. And then I ran, out, ran across these scriptures in 1 Thessalonians 4.11. It says, although, also, excuse me, make it your goal to live quietly. Mind your own business. And, and to work with your own hands as we instructed you. And then in 1 Timothy 5.13, it says, they even became more gossip, speaking of a certain type of person, um, keeping busy by interfering in other people's lives. Guys, that's a rock that God wants to pull out of our lives. And he's pulled it out of mine, thankfully. So let me share with you just a couple of more thoughts before we end up here. But you know what? If we want to go deep with God, we've got to get rid of these rocks with his help. We can't do it ourselves. We need, we've got to go to God and say, God, help me, please, to get this out of my life. I'm sick of it. Please help me. But you know what? We can no longer plead ignorance for being shallow. Did you know a shallow Christian is a shallow person? Any which way you slice it, a shallow Christian is a shallow person and we can no longer plead ignorance and say, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know about that. No, because I just told you about it. <laughs> you can't plead ignorance anymore. 
you're accountable now. Sorry that you came to church this morning. <laughs> you're accountable. I'll never forget, Tina and I were witnessing to this, this lady at work that I worked with. We took her meals a couple of times. She had, it was, she was in bad shape. She had six kids, single mom, just troubled. But I would share God's word with her and uh, just telling her about Jesus. And one day, she was such a funny, funny lady. She came to me all big-eyed, walked in the door. She was looking. She came to my office, and she said, Steve, I just had a crazy experience. She said, I was in the bathroom last night, and all of a sudden, God told me, you're accountable. You're accountable. You know now. And it freaked her out. And you know what? It should freak all of us out enough to shock us to say, you know what? Now I know I need to leave the shallows and go into the depths of God. Look at this in Hebrews 5, starting in verse 11, and we'll go all the way into chapter 6, three verses, total of seven verses. Don't worry, it's not long. But look at this. The writer of, of Hebrews in the Bible says, we have much to say about this, but it is difficult to explain because you have become too lazy to understand. Too lazy to understand. In fact, though by now you should be teachers, you still need someone to teach you the basic truths of God's word. You've become people who need milk instead of solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is still a baby and doesn't yet know the difference between right and wrong. I was talking to somebody recently and they were arguing things that were right versus things that were wrong. And it's what we were talking about is as clear as day in both the Old Testament and the New Testament of the Bible. Clear as day. And yet this person was arguing that it was unclear. Guys, we got to get past right and wrong and start going deep with God. Deep with God. Saying, God, I just want to know more about you. I accept that this is wrong. I accept that this is right. Now, God, take me deeper with you. I want to experience all that you are, Lord Jesus Christ. But this person but solid food is for the mature people, those who are deep, whose minds have been trained to practice to distinguish, from distinguishing good from evil. Then going into the next chapter of, of Hebrews, just three verses. Therefore, leaving behind the elementary teachings about the Messiah, that is Jesus, let us continue to be carried along to maturity. See, God, you don't have to get there by yourself. God picks you up and says, all right, let's go. But you know what? you got to consent to be carried. If God's picking you up, you can wiggle around and get out of his arms and walk on your own two feet again and keep hitting the same walls over and over again. Or you can consent to be carried to maturity. Carried to maturity. Not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead actions and faith towards God and instruction about baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Those are all fundamental things that if you and I are reading our Bibles, we will know. God wants you to experience the depths of who he is. He wants to talk to you throughout the day, show you things that you don't know. Jeremiah 33, 3, my verse for this year. Call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and hidden things that you don't know. 
Before you can know anything, you have to acknowledge, I don't know it. That's called humility. But we can't plead ignorance. Stop pleading ignorance. Leave your shallowness. I'm talking to myself when I point towards you. I've got three fingers pointing towards me, all right? Learned that from my dad. <laughs> Let's leave our shallowness and go for the depths of God, to know God deeply. I'll end with a scripture in Psalms 42, just a sampling of verses. As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My soul thirsts for God. My, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed? Why? Because I've got rocks in me that need to be dug out. That's why I'm disturbed. Why so downcast? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Now look at this in verse 7. Deep calls to deep. God is the deepest person in the whole universe, and he calls to his children, and his children who have some level of depth in their, in their souls can hear their God speaking to them, calling to them, instructing them, blessing them, growing them through the roars of your waterfall, through the waves and breakers that have swept over me. God wants you to be deep. I'm going to throw up a couple of questions and ask Jesse and Jimmy if just this month we're doing this three by, by five card kind of introspective questioning of ourselves so that we can have a deeper devotion to God this month. But let's, as they're handing these out so that you can jot down your thoughts and do so this week, this week as well. But I want to ask you these questions. What rocks are in your life that keep you a shallow Christian and a shallow person? What rocks? And I'll tell you, you don't even have to be a believer to do this. I mean, you should do this, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you believe in God or not. Because this is just a psychological truth that we have things in our lives that need to be dug up. I mean, let's set the Bible aside and God aside, which you shouldn't do, but let's do that. If you're an addict, you have a rock in your life that needs to get resolved. <laughs> you know, if, if you're lazy, well, that's a rock in your life that you need to, you need to get it resolved. Now, the neat thing is God does exist. He does love you. He does want you to be a deep person, a deep Christian, and he can help you with these things. You can't do it on your own. Never forget talking to this extremely arrogant businessman who he, we were sitting at lunch and he was saying, I kicked smoking. I, got, I, I did it like that. I had smoked for years and I got rid of it like that. As he's pulling a cigarette out to smoke after we've eaten, I'm like, I just thought you said you just stopped smoking. Yeah, I kicked it, but I can stop anytime I want to. I said, you are delusional, man. <laughs> no, you, you didn't do it. No, you need God's help. You need God's help. So what rocks are in your life that keep you a shallow Christian, a shallow person? And then here's a real soul-searching question. I hope all of you guys will do this, by the way. <laughs> I really do. I hope you'll take this super serious. 
Answer these questions for yourself. I mean, otherwise, you're just going to be stuck in the same rut you've been all your life. All right? So look at this. What date are you going to set to go deeper with God? Is it going to be tomorrow? Next week? Right now? You set a date and hold yourself accountable to say, I'm going to, I'm going to wander off the shallow end and into the depths of God, man. What date? When are you going to do it? You set the date. You know? Don't give it too long, though. I hate to use this old kind of cliche, but we're never promised tomorrow. Never promised tomorrow, man. You look at, you look at someone who's passed away, and you're at the funeral, and their, their body is laying there. You can't tell me that that person isn't somewhere. They didn't just cease to exist. They're somewhere. Death teaches us about God. <laughs> teaches us about eternity. All right? So what date are you going to set to go deeper with God? And what specifically are you going to start doing differently? What are you going to start doing differently? Man, take this exercise seriously. Do, you know, go through these questions. Answer these questions. Do some self some introspective analysis of what's going on inside of you. We're complicated inside. we got layers of complexity. And these questions cut through those layers and get to the bottom of, of changes that need to be made. Let me pray just real quick. And I just ask that you be sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God. Man, there's some folks here. Man, you need, you need to start reacting to God differently, letting him influence your, your heart and your soul. Lord Jesus, we just pray right now, God, that God, that this message wouldn't just fall on rocky ground, but it would find a little crevice, Lord Jesus, a little place, Lord, where there's some soil in between rocks, Lord, that those roots would spring down deep into our souls and begin to displace those rocks that keep giving us grief and keep tripping us up over and over again, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we ask that, that the, the, Lord, the operative word here is repent. Lord, that we would acknowledge and say, you know what? I do have a rock in my life. I have tried to dig it up before and it didn't work. In fact, I've tried many times. Lord, this time can be different because we're asking for God's help in this area of our lives. We're asking God to dig this up for us and to assist us with pulverizing this rock so that we can be good soil. We can have depth with God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask every, keep your eyes closed if you don't mind, but how many of you have a rock that you would say, you know what, Steve, I need God's help with this rock in my life. How many, just raise your hand up. I just want to pray with you. All right. I see hands going up all over the place. All right? You need help. You know, that's the start of a repentant heart, a humble heart that God can work with. And I just simply want to pray with you right now. Lord Jesus, I pray for every person. Lord God, who's raised their hand, said, Lord, that's me. I need help. I've got rocky ground in my soul, in my heart, in my life, in my mind. Lord, Right now, I just ask, and you can pray this in your own way. 
quietly if you want to, but God, would you help me? Pray to him right now. You pray to him. God, would you help me? Please, please. I want to get rid of this. I'm sick of it. It's literally become part of who I am and I don't want it to be that way anymore. Lord, would you please help unearth this rock? Dig around the edges, get your holy shovel out, Lord, and just pull it out of me. I want, a, I want a deeper devotion to God and I'm tired of this getting in the way. I'm tired of my selfish self. I'm tired of my old self, Lord. I want more of you. I want more of you. And with that, I want to also give you the opportunity. We don't do this every Sunday. I should. But do you want to give your heart to Jesus right now? Maybe it's even more basic. You say, I want Jesus in my life right now. I not only want him to be savior, in other words, to rescue me, but I need you to be Lord. I need you to start controlling my outcomes. I want you to be sovereign in my life. It's a tough, it's a tough decision to make, man. But you got to be serious when you make it. So I'm going to pray this prayer. It's not about a prayer, though. It's about a decision that you make in your life. And if you mean it, I want you to pray this prayer. Repeat it with me out loud. Why would you hide anything from God? You know, pray it out loud that God would just come into your life. He'd be Lord and Savior of your life. So pray with me. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge I need you. Please come into my life, into my thoughts, and save me. Save me from my old self. Save me from your coming wrath. Rescue me, God. I also ask that you'd be my master and my Lord. Help me, Lord Jesus. Amen. I'll tell you what, if you prayed that prayer as a decision, okay, you decided that. You prayed that way as a decision. The old, the Bible says that the old is gone and the new has come. You are a new creation. Does that mean you're perfect? No. Does that mean you're going to slip and fall? Yes. But with God's help, man, you can start a progressive path closer and closer to Jesus. Deeper and deeper with God. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. And uh, we're praying for you. Have a wonderful week.